You're listening to Single Payer Radio in Louisville, Kentucky. This is broadcast on WFMP LP 106.5 FM on Mondays at 2 p.m., Tuesdays at 7 a.m. if you're one of the early risers, and Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Or you can listen live at those times at forwardradio.org. The shows are also archived at that website. I'm Kay Tillo. I'm with Kentuckians for Single-Payer Healthcare. You can reach us at kyhealthcare.org. We're working to bring care to every single person in our nation, and we think that the people have to find a way to make that happen because it's the right thing. The views expressed on this show are those of the speakers and not of the station. And we're really pleased to have with us today two members of the County Board of Supervisors in Dunn County, Wisconsin. Uh, These two people and others in their county have put a referendum on their November ballot that relates to providing federal not-for-profit healthcare for everyone. And uh, I'm going to introduce them and then let them tell the story about what they did and why they did it and what in the heck is going on here. Uh, Monica Barrier is a community organizer and a member of our Wisconsin Revolution. She pays the bills by working as a philosophy professor and serves on the leadership team for her union local. She is in her first term as an elected member of the Dunn County Board of Supervisors. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. It's good to be here. And the other person is John Calabrese, is a woodworker and organizer with our Wisconsin Revolution and a member of the Dunn County Wisconsin Board of Supervisors. So we have elected officials here. So can you tell us what is going on in Dunn County? Sure, thank you, Kay. It's really great to be here. And we were very excited when you uh, found the article and the story and reached out to us. And we're excited to tell it to all the people who are listening. And in actuality, the story is just getting started. And we hope it has a long way to go. And Dunn County is a rural-ish county over in the western side of Wisconsin, about 75 miles east of the Twin Cities. To put it in perspective, uh, there are about 44, 50,000 people living in Dunn County. What's the number, Monica? Um, it's about 45,000. 45,000 people. Yeah. And, and so it's a small, rural, conservative-leaning county that voted for, went for Donald Trump. And on the county board, there are 29 supervisors in this small county. It's one of 72 counties in Wisconsin. I've been on the county board for, this will be my fifth year now, so two terms plus another year I was appointed in the middle of a term. And what I found as someone who had a background in state politics, following it, running for office, and then following national politics, what I found at the county level was really eye-opening, and I was pleasantly surprised. And so in this conservative-leaning county, then it makes it makes sense that many of the people on the board would be conservative-leaning. However, in my tenure there, I have 
never gotten into anything even approaching a rancorous political discussion. They are there to simply do the job of the board, to be stewards of taxpayer dollars, <clears throat> to get things done that the citizens expect, provide the services that they need, keep the roads plowed, keep the roads paved, keep the jail open, keep the sheriff's office moving, um, keep the nursing home in operation in Dunn County. And so what I noticed on this board is a big part of the deliberations for the entire year are about the budget. Um, Wisconsin state statute says that counties uh, must balance their budgets every year. And so throughout the year, all the varying departments offer forth their budgets and then the board has to make the difficult decisions of what to cut. And it's usually cutting because the cost of everything is going up. Uh, the state legislature is not raising the amount that they put into counties, at least not at the rate to keep up with the rising costs of everything. There are several laws in Wisconsin, including what they call levy limit laws, <clears throat> which really limit the ways that county governments can uh, raise revenue and a myriad of things. And so it's tough to make those cuts. And so the people who follow and track the budget all year long and the expenses they see how much health insurance costs Dunn County is paying out each month uh, for their employees. And I used to be on the administrative committee. I am no longer on that committee, but every month that committee would audit the vouchers for the county. And you would see every dollar that the, that the county spent each month. And I was noticing that on health insurance, each month in this one of 72 counties, Dunn County was spending on average $400,000 to $600,000 a month. So about a half a million dollars a month, um, about 10% of the entire budget of the county was going to health insurance costs. And so I would see people on this board and on that committee, um, you know, perplexed by that and uh, frustrated by that. And at the end of the year, we were, we were parsing through $100 here, $1,000 here, trying to balance that budget when every month, a half a million for health insurance. And so with this group that we're with now, our Wisconsin Revolution, we were trying to figure out ways to put some political action in motion that would give people uh, a place to put their energy that could have some tangible results. And I had the idea about going to engage on a healthcare level with county governments. And I wasn't exactly sure how that would be and what that would look like. But I knew that everyone is concerned and everyone on those boards knows the cost of health insurance. And so through our committee on our Wisconsin revolution, uh, the idea was, was brought up to maybe bring a resolution to county boards about a national uh, nonprofit health insurance program. And then the chair of that, um, of that committee, Steve Carlson suggested a referendum question to put the question to the voters in Wisconsin uh, voters can put forth suggested referenda to the county board, and if the county board deems it so, they can put it on the ballot uh, for the citizens to vote on. And this particular one made it through the committee, made it through the county board unanimously, both votes, and we can get into how that went down and the particulars of it and why we think it happened. And so now that referendum question, and we'll read that to you too, um, is going to be on the November ballot in Dunn County, Wisconsin.
and the language is, and since we're saying it now, I might as well, might as well read that to you now. This is what the voters of Dunn County will see on their ballot as question number one. <clears throat> Shall Congress and the President of the United States enact into law the creation of a publicly financed nonprofit national health insurance program that would fully cover medical care costs for all Americans? Wow. <laughs> That's a mouthful, and uh, <laughs> we'd like to hear a, a little bit about uh, how it happened. Did you want to tell us more about Dunn County, Monica? Um, sure, I can cover a little bit more um, about the demographics for sure. So what is really fascinating um, about Dunn County to me is the diversity. So there's um, the county seat, its largest city is uh, the city of Menominee. Its uh, population is about 16,000 people, um, give or take. It's a, it's a college town. Um, one of the um, branches of the University of Wisconsin is here uh, in Menominee. So the, the student population varies a lot depending on the time of year. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of diversity in terms of the kinds of jobs that people have in, in, within Dunn County, right? In the Areas outside of outside of the city, city, of course, there's a lot of uh, farming, uh, crop farming, but also livestock, dairy, of course, this is Wisconsin. Um, but within the city, there's also a broad range. So there's, um, of course, the university workers, a lot of professors, a lot of support staff. Um, food service is a big area, um, uh, one of our largest employers. Um, but then also there's a lot of, um, manufacturing jobs um, and um, factory type jobs too, right? So the um, I have a list of the largest employers in Dunn County. So the largest is the Walmart uh, Distribution Center. Um, yeah, uh, second yeah. largest. With those high largest. wages, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, there are so many people that I know who are um, raising families, you know, trying to work second and short, third shift jobs um, here in Menominee. It's a, it's a tough life. Um, so there's the Walmart. Um, the other one is the Swiss Mist plant. Um, so Swiss Mist is based out of uh, Menominee, the, the, the cocoa that everybody drinks. Um, and then we've got um, Philips Medicize, 3M, um, some windows. You know, there's just a lot of low-age um, low manufacturing here. Um, so as you might expect, given the dominance of this, um, you know, it, we're a pretty poor county. Uh, relatively speaking. So the average um, or the, the per cap capita income is about uh, $45,000 a year, which is pretty well below um, the average in Wisconsin, which is 55. Um, so Dunn County is 45,000, Wisconsin is 55,000. And then that Wisconsin is low compared to the US, um, which is $59,000. So this is important, you know, to know about the, the relevance of this, um, this referendum to to the people living here. Um, there aren't a lot of people that have good health, health insurance. And, you know, even the ones that do have health insurance, you know, we can talk about it. It's, it's not a great system. Yeah, you, you, you did, you spoke about that at one of the meetings about uh, that, despite the huge sums of money that the county is paying for health insurance for your employees, that you didn't think it was a great deal. Could you 
Could you elaborate on that? Sure, I can. Um, why don't I back up a little bit and kind of okay. tell the story more about how this started? Um, okay. Because it's really, um, it was really the, the result of grassroots organizing. Um, so how this whole thing started way back in, I think, June, um, there was a citizen um, of Menominee, a retired physician, who um, is working with our Wisconsin Revolution. She went to, you know, a county board meeting and, you know, read, read that petition. Um, and anyway, you know, they promised to take it up at the, the, next, the next meeting, wanted to be responsive uh, to this request, you know, from the citizens. And so, yeah, I did speak at that meeting. I'm not, I'm not a member of the committee that it went to. It went to the legislative committee, which I'm not a part of, but I had, had things to say. Uh, so I showed up during the public comments um, along with everybody else. There was a good group of how many people, maybe 12, 15 uh, citizens showed up to speak at that meeting in favor of the referendum. And most people had stories to share about their experiences uh, with healthcare and um, how inadequate it is. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to kind of take a different approach as an elected official. Um, and not, you know, repeat those those stories, which are important, right? But I wanted to add something different. And so I, um, as as John said, you know, wanted to focus on the budget and sort of appeal to the the, the budgetary sense of the people on the committee. Um, so, yeah. Um, what's kind of fascinating, I just found this out about the Dunn County, the health insurance system that they're using. Um, it's it's different than than what is what people typically get with their with their um, uh, with their jobs. So Dunn County, within the past year, switched to a self-insured model of, of uh, insurance. So basically, what happens is the county is putting um, some money in a pot and paying out the medical claims with their own funding. So it kind of oh. takes yeah. So. This is really, really neat because it's taking um, like the insurance middleman out of the equation. Um, so um, yeah, it's self-insured, but it's, you know, we use the word insurance, but it's a very different model. Um, and so what they're getting actually in, in reality um, is much better, much better than under a traditional insurance system where you have that for-profit middleman managing everything. Um, and so um, I can I can talk a bit about that because this is a great uh, a great example I think of what healthcare could be you know in the United States if we didn't have if we didn't have private insurance for profit insurance in the way so how many employees does the county have you have a big enough pool that you are able to <laughs> mm -hmm. make that work right so um, there's about three hundred employees. Um, in Dunn County, um, which is in a huge pool, right? Um, so the way that they manage the risk here is you can buy what's called stop loss insurance. Um, so if you know somebody has something really catastrophic, like a uh, long-term cancer uh, treatment or whatever, you're not going to ba bankrupt the county. Um, so um, that helps mitigate a lot of the risk. But um, as far as like the day-to-day -day care that the county employees get, um, they are contracting their primary care with a direct pay provider. Um, and so they pay a membership fee for each um, 
for each employee and their family. Um, and with that, they get in exchange um, primary care services, uh, urgent care services, like if a child gets strep throat or an ear infection or whatever, um, also labs and some preventative services as well. Um, and so that's all that's all covered. And um, there's a clinic right here in town that they can go to and they can access the providers really easily, right? So like if you need a sports physical for your child, you can get it tomorrow, right? Instead of waiting, you know, three months, you know, that those of us that don't uh, have the privilege of the being a part of this program, you know, we have to deal with that. So, um, so from what I understand, the employees are actually really happy with this and the county is coming in well under budget. Um, every month with this program. So, so it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, um, and yeah, it just shows what is possible if we, when we uh, get the insurance middleman out of the equation. Well, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> uh, my experience with that as a union person is that there are lots of unions who try to do that, but that they have uh, many of those funds have gone under with uh, the stress on our system that is full of for-profit uh, uh, entities everywhere that is stressing to the max. All of the fine efforts of the people who are trying to cover everybody uh, in a time when we have a system that doesn't really act to cover us. Mm -hmm. So um, I would be interested in um, knowing how it is that you got a unanimous board decision on this, uh, this uh, what is considered around the country to be a controversial issue. Yes, and, and that is exactly what we're trying to change. Obviously, the main goal is to get everyone covered and to have a nonprofit system, but the perspective of people thinking that this is controversial is what is what is really driving this movement here and, be, and when that changes i think the system will change um and so we didn't i did not expect a unanimous vote it's it uh, it was sort of a perfect storm of things that happened to get there that has been really fun and interesting to analyze since it happened and it happened relatively quickly uh that the person that monica mentioned dr laureen vetter she has been a fixture in this community for many years, and she has a group called Community Conversations, and she prides herself on being nonpartisan, and that has resulted in, she holds, she tries to hold monthly meetings, and they happen almost every month, and where she brings in a guest speaker, and they discuss a, a certain topic, and it, it varies all the gamut of, of topics, and mostly political type things, but from agriculture to healthcare, and everything in between. And so she has developed a group of citizens who are loyal to those meetings, loyal to this group. Uh, there are conservatives in there. There are Republicans and Democrats and um, uh, more progressive people all in that group. And I've been to many of those meetings. And so Laureen managed to uh, put the word out about this referendum question to those people. And many of them responded. Uh, quickly and put together a statement to give to this committee. And that's the other thing about this issue that because of the uh, predatory horrors of this system, it's hard to find anybody who doesn't have a story to tell about it. And even if it's not catastrophic and life-changing, 
those stories are at the least incredibly frustrating and annoying and, and uh, time consuming. And so first, as Monica said, Lorraine brought it to the executive committee. They heard her, she asked them and she, she pointedly said, and this is a thing that, that um, we think really appeals to supervisors and as supervisors ourselves, we know that it does, it, it gets to your heart of why you're doing this. The Dunn County Board Supervisors don't get paid for their work. We get a per diem per, per each meeting and that's not why people do it. They do it because we care about the county and we care about the citizens. And so Lorraine, uh, she introduced it and said, said, we appeal to you because you're the closest body of government to us and you are responsive to us and we trust you to listen to us. And I can see people in that room actually listening. And that's the other thing that's so wonderful about this board is people listen. I have seen people come into meetings uh, with their mind made up one way, listen to some testimony or a presentation of a department about a budget change, and they completely change their mind because they listened. They're not beholden to the interests that they are at the state and federal level. And so she appealed to that nature of the board and they put it on the agenda for the legislative committee, which was meeting the next month, which is the committee that talks about the legislative agenda that each county will present to the state legislature. And so we thought maybe that was a good place under the purview of that committee. And then Lorraine organized several speakers. Uh, it was on the agenda uh, that June. And when we went into that meeting, I had talked to some of the supervisors beforehand to see what they thought of it. And, and many were dubious of it because they thought, what is this gonna do? What can Dunn County do about this national health system? And, um, and what is it under the purview of the board? And why are we even discussing this when we have other things to talk about? And my comments to them, and then in the committee hearing as well, was that what we're trying to do is to start a conversation. We want between now and November for people to find out that this is on the ballot and then just have a conversation about what it means and what they think. And so it was, in my mind, it was a three-pronged approach that happened to get the unanimous votes. It was one, it was the people um, coming to tell their stories and imploring the board, uh, the committee, and then the board to put the referendum on the ballot not in total agreement with a um, with a national not-for-profit health insurance program, but in agreement that this many people, this many neighbors and citizens, and it's a tight enough knit community that a lot of the speakers know a lot of the board members. And they, instead of just saying, we need this system fixed, we said, we're asking you to put this question to the voters so we can start to have this conversation. This system is unsustainable. It's not going to last for for me and for my kids and my grandkids. And, and if you as our elected officials can start this conversation, then it can shift. And so it was the people, it was appealing to uh, the better nature of the board as representatives. And then when Monica spoke, uh, it opened up the eyes of some of the board members who did not know the financial costs to the county. Many of them are maybe not on the particular committees that know those numbers. Many were new board members. And it's stunning when you hear those, those numbers that are, um, that are put forward. And I don't know how many prongs I've mentioned in the approach, maybe there were four or five too, but <laughs> another one was the language that I read of the question itself. And in our healthcare committee on our Wisconsin revolution, we spent some time figuring out which language to use. Because as you mentioned in the beginning, Kay, um, 
about uh, rural America, or maybe this was before we started to record, but uh, there is a sense that that this is a political issue and that the people in, in rural America might not understand it fully, but they've heard something uh, wherever they get their news and they think that Medicare for all, single payer healthcare, universal healthcare, those, those have become buzzwords and they've become very politicized and very polarizing. And so even if people don't understand exactly what they mean, many politically minded people who've taken any news might be really turned off by that language. And that's why we specifically did not put any of those terms in the question. And it led to a very interesting conversation. And after the testimony of, of the people, we had a great deliberation on the legislative committee. And I, I remember saying to, to the rest of the committee, when I sort of sensed that it, it might not pass, and I, and I appealed to them and I said, what I've noticed is, and I said some of this after the meeting too, just because I, I love having these conversations with the, with the fellow board members. Um, I said, it's, we're just trying to, to have a conversation. And I said, and something I've noticed in all of these deliberations, and I know the people speaking uh, on the committee and on the board run the gamut, like I said, from conservative uh, over to the other side. I said, nobody has started their comments about the potential of this referendum with, I really love the system that we have. Every single person starts out by saying, look, I know we got a lot of problems. I know that this isn't perfect. I know we spend a ton of money, but should the board be doing this? But what, what difference would it make? But how much would it cost the county to put this on the referendum or on the ballot? So those were the questions, but every single person who started speaking acknowledged that this system is broken. And that was really pointed to me. And I, I, I said, your constituents look up to you. And so now between now and November, they, they might see you as their libertarian friend at the, at the bar. They'll say, you voted on, to put this on the ballot? And then you can explain to them like, yes, I want to have this conversation. And, and then the conversation will build from there. And so it got through the legislative committee, Dunn County fancies itself, uh, prides itself, I should say, to be a consensus-driven board. If, if at all possible, we like to all be together. The work is done in the committees, and then we bring it to the full board. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And it's, it's hard to believe if you haven't been there, given the political rancor of other governmental bodies. And, and it got to the full board, and another couple of magical things happened. Uh, it happened to be the month that the Health and Human Services Department was giving their annual report. And they spoke of, and so this was after the public comment at that board and after discussion of um, or the, what people were talking about the referendum. And the, the Health and Human Services report showed how much money Dunn County has to pay in emergency management systems and in their departments that handle um, uh, medical emergencies. A lot of that money comes from the county and it's coming to people who don't aren't covered, citizens in the county who have no health insurance. And so the county, uh, because it's mandated to provide some services by state statute, has to cover uh, several things for the citizens of Dunn County. And one of the more conservative members of the board, and who would probably tell you so, 
he looked at those numbers that we were spending on those particular services, which don't even, there's not even about the health insurance for the employees. It's about paying out um, services to citizens of the county who don't have health insurance. He said, and he pointed to the back of the room of all the people who had spoke, and he said, would this, would that thing that they're talking about uh, be, be fixed? Uh, or would we, have, would we have to pay all this out if that was implemented? And, and the health and human services director said, yeah, that would that would fix this if it ever happened. Wow. So that that just so happened at that meeting. And uh, we had a few more comments and really appealing to we are the servants of the community. This many people want to have this discussion between now and November. Let's do it. And, and it passed unanimously. That was in the legislative committee. Well, that was, I kind of put them both together. It was okay. first legislative. And then that, that part that happened at the end about health and human services, that was the full board, which was one week later. Uh -huh. And that, how many people are on your board? There are 29 supervisors. And at that meeting, there were 27 present. That's a lot. Our county government is much smaller here in Kentucky. So that's a lot of people. So it's quite a deliberative body to be considering that question. It is. And uh, yeah, Wisconsin, the, the number of supervisors varies from county to county, but they do have good, good, good representation. And, uh, and so those are the highlights of what happened at those meetings. And, you know, and another thing that Dr. Vetter did that I think was very uh, moving was in that room at the legislative committee and at the county board, you know, about a dozen people spoke, but many more came just to be there. And, and so the back of the room was filled and it usually is never filled. There's, there is, most times there is zero public comment. And in her public comment, she used her time to, to ask if everybody in the room uh, who was in favor of putting this on the, on the ballot in November would stand up. And all the supervisors turned around and every single person in that room stood up. And it was a really moving moment. And to let the supervisors remember who it is that, that they serve and just what it is they're doing. That's, that's an amazing story. Uh, with all the cynicism that we face in our country about uh, a broken political system, that it is possible that citizens can do things that can influence and can change it. Um, could you tell us, uh, has there been a response from people? What have you heard since this happened? Has there been any, any comment or response from people? Well, we're, right now we're working really hard to hard to get out, get out the word and let people, let people know. Um, those that I've talked about it are really excited about the idea, um, excited and, and surprised, right? That we here in Dunn County are, are doing this, that a rural county like ours is doing this. Um, so it's really, really exciting to be breaking ground here and um, breaking down like prejudices of, that people have about what, what politics in rural America really looks like. That's great. Yeah, we've uh, we're going to be working on a we're in the process of working on a campaign to to get the word out because it's not given the small nature of the county and our our budget there is not a lot of budget for promotion of the county and we're trying to move uh, in a in a direction to 
help promote the good work that the county does because people just don't know. And they there wasn't a big announcement yet about this question being on the ballot. So that's up to us at, at our Wisconsin Revolution and for the community members to, to get the word out and, and to start that conversation. And what we find so perfect about this topic is that it is an issue that affects everybody. And if we're going to people's doors or having talks at coffee shops and and without the, the Democrat or Republican name attached to us, and just as our neighbors, then we can actually have these conversations. And and so they, I've heard people ask already, um, why is this on the ballot? What's it going to do? And I've had an opportunity to have conversations with those people. And, and you can always ask the question, what do, what do you think about our health insurance system. How's your health insurance? How's your care? How's your, how are your parents? How are, uh, and everybody will have a story. Everybody knows of those flyers that you see up at the bar. And there are several bars in Wisconsin, if uh, you don't know, and for fundraisers. And we're having a fundraiser for this person's cancer treatment. We're having a fundraiser for this uh, child who fell and broke his leg. And Everybody knows those. They are ubiquitous across Wisconsin and likely the whole country. And so if you start talking about those things with people, if you frame the con conversation about how do you think it is that we've learned in this country that health insurance is tied to your job or that it has to be this ordeal that when you turn a certain age, you have to enter a pool and sign up for this and sign up for that and think about all the stress, the undue stress that just hangs over everybody if they're uninsured or underinsured and what we put up with in this country. And if you have time in these conversations and you frame it a different way, people will start to think of it differently and they'll ask the questions. They'll say, who's going to pay for this? And, and what about my taxes? But I, anybody who hears me talk about this will always hear me mention the fire department example. And that is, a, that is one that I will say to anybody who has this conversation with me. I say, what do you think of the fire department? And people will ask, what do you mean? You know, we need a fire department. And that's what we want to do with this conversation is frame healthcare in that way. Everybody needs it. Everybody is going to need it. Everybody needs to be covered. And so how are we gonna do that? that's what you do. We need a fire department. We have to put the buildings out or it's going to spread and burn down the whole town. And so taking the political buzzword language out of it and reframing the, the conversation is where I think it has to start. And, and we're having a good response so far. And there's been some good media coverage, people talking about it, surprised about the rural conservative leaning county that put this question to the voters. We've had interest in other counties. Um, about putting similar referenda on their ballot for the spring elections and for next fall. And it might be idealistic, but it feels like you're doing something tangible. And it feels like that I've already seen the conversation change with fellow board members and uh, with some neighbors. I have uh, neighbors all around me who I know vote conservative and had Trump signs in their yards, but I get along with them just fine. And and they know my political leanings. And I'm not saying that we're all gonna get along and agree on 100% of everything. That's not how it is. But we're all living in the same place at the same time. And we all agree that, that uh, it would be nice to be healthy and to not be stressed about that all the time.
you know, the fire department example is really one I think that strikes home with people because everybody knows, you know, if your house is on fire, there's no time to ask the question about, do you have fire insurance? And let us check that out before we save your child who is upstairs in the flames. And um, that really is, you know, life and death in many ways, just like the healthcare system is. I was um, amazed at the variety of testimony that your citizens gave at the meeting. Uh, some of it was uh, highly informed health policy, you know, uh, explaining to people that our country pays twice as much as other uh, industrialized countries, and yet our outcomes are worse and our statistics uh, on maternal mortality and infant mortality, you know, all of those things. I mean, they particularly uh, concentrated on what we have this new horror with uh, life expectancy going down. You know, that hasn't happened in our country, you know, it's been a, <laughs> an issue of progress. And now we're going in the opposite direction so that, uh, we live, I think, about uh, four years less than the average in other industrialized countries that have a system of healthcare that really covers everybody. So it was really good. But you know, one of the other things is there was the woman who, who said, people in my family can't retire sitting pretty because of the healthcare bills that we've had to pay that have destroyed the savings of our family. And it was, it was a very uh, moving uh, kind of revelation, I think, that you know, every aspect of people's lives is tied up to a healthcare system that we can't afford and that doesn't cover us all. And that causes great tragedy in, in everybody's lives. Um, so I, it was kind of an amazing thing. I listened to the uh, videos of, of all of your meetings and tried to uh, understand and to make out what exactly was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, do you, is it going to be on the ballot in other counties, you think? Or uh, do we know that? It's, it's not going to be on uh, the ballot in other counties this November because it takes, it takes time to get from one committee to a board. And I think Wisconsin statute says that it needs to be approved by a county board 60 days before, a full 60 days before the election, or maybe 90 days actually. Uh, so it won't be in November except for Dunn County, but we do plan on moving it forward. In other counties, we have interest in uh, Outagamie County, Marathon County, Washburn County, and we'll be uh, pushing it in other places as well as it as it spreads. And and you know it's not just the cost of health insurance for the counties. That that same uh, person that you mentioned, Kay, at the end of her talk about or her testimony, her public comment about um, not being able to retire. She and I saw board members move when she said this part because we're always trying to figure out ways to raise revenue. And she said, and that money that we're spending could have been spent right here in beautiful Dunn County on all the all the things you can spend money on here. And it's true. 
that's it would be such an economy boon and all these stories we're trying to keep close to us so that we can use them going forward and and uh convince other county boards to to follow suit you know um we've done a few resolutions here in kentucky and um we were able to get a resolution in favor of uh the same thing national not-for-profit um, it was geared around a specific piece of legislation in a little town in eastern kentucky called vico which vico stands for the Virginia Iron Coal and Coke Company, because the, <laughs> the towns are named after the coal who think they own the towns and the people and everyone else. And yet the people of this town uh, passed a resolution in favor of the most progressive, the most thorough uh, uh, healthcare. And I think that that is possible if we had a big enough megaphone <laughs> and a, a, a big enough way that we could talk to the people of our country on the terms you've been speaking on, that it becomes possible uh, to reach there instead of just talking to a Congress that uh, seems to not be listening to us at all. Um, yeah, I think the um, I think the success of this referendum really depends on how well we, uh, we are able to get the message out about it. Um, I, I feel like this is an idea that sells itself. Like if you can explain it um, properly to people, you know, it's it's pretty hard to to see the benefits. Um, so I think we just need to get out there and get our message out, and I think the rest will take care of itself. But it's you, it's going to be hard. You know, we've seen. Um, some statewide referendums that single payer groups have done that in general fail. And what is what we've seen happening in those is that uh, movements of citizens uh, and residents work to get the question on the statewide ballot. And then the medical for-profit industry, the insurance companies and those others who see healthcare as a way to make profit come in and do a campaign <laughs> that destroys the support and the money that they have is uh, huge in comparison to the money that the movement groups have had. And so we've seen on a statewide basis that the referendum issue hasn't really <laughs> Uh, been something that people have been able to use effectively. I would like you to just kind of talk about how this is different from that. Sure, well, this is a non-binding referendum, uh, first of all, so it has no uh, statutory impacts if it passes, which I think is makes all the sense in the world because Dunn County itself can't fix it. It's not a, a Wisconsin health insurance program that we're looking for. It's a, it's a question about a national health insurance program. And what I remember about Donald Trump when he rose to power in the lead up to his victory, I remember one speech in particular, and you probably remember it too, Kay. It was actually an interview uh, and maybe on you too, Monica, it was probably because I've said it a hundred times, but he was, I think, uh, 60 minutes maybe. And 
with with the due knowledge that this never happened, of course, and that he was probably lying. But he said um, that everybody's going to be covered. Scott, I think Scott Pelley asked him about health insurance and health care. And he said, we're going to cover everybody. Everybody's going to be covered. And he said, well, who's going to pay for it? And Trump said, the government's going to pay for it. And he just said it reflexively. And I spoke at that time. I remember speaking to people. And uh, I lived in a uh, in a different part of the county as than I do now. Then and there was, which is a very rural part, and and that's where the Trump support was bubbling up. And I asked people about that, and they said, "Yo, well, why not? We're spending all this money on wars over here, wars over there, giving it to Wall Street, and, all, and these are Republican people, you know." And and so I think yes, if it got big enough, of course those interests are going to come in and and try to uh, squelch it. They're going to try to muddle the message and tell lies about people's taxes and how much they'll go up and that we can't afford it and that the government will be telling you what care you can do, even though the insurance companies are telling you what care you can get now. Um, but I think we are at a time in this country where the division that is real um, and being pushed, some would argue, by both sides and because the division actually brings profit to the political profiteers, the consultant class, the people who make all those ads and flyers that you see everywhere, uh, it is real. However, on a lot of issues, the, the waters are being muddied in the middle and they're kind of overlapping and going this way and that way. And I feel like if the movement is big enough and the people with whatever the name of the political parties might be in 10 or 20 years, really say why and you hear this from conservatives now why are we sending 40 billion dollars a month to the ukraine or which is in fact going to weapons manufacturers why are we spending all this money here how can we afford this and it won't be easy but i've noticed just in my short time of paying attention to politics that a lot of those issues have shifted and i feel like this one which impacts every person uh directly can be one of those key ones that shifts where whichever per political party wants to seize on it when there's enough pressure from below, then, then they will win. And they know that we can afford it. And it's got to start somewhere. And we're hoping that it starts in Dunn County. Wow. <laughs> I hope it starts there too. And all across the country in, in similar counties and in similar ways. Um, and it's true, I just saw this morning that, uh, what is it, another 675 million to go to the war in Ukraine. And it seems that both political parties are pretty much in agreement <laughs> that, that's, uh, that those things are necessities and that our healthcare is not. And we, we're really struggling with, um, uh, the privatization of Medicare that has been happening, and uh, it was a program was started under Trump, and that has continued under the Biden administration. And uh, we're hopeful that the people of the country can do something to mobilize uh, people's love for uh, Medicare and uh, for what it, it's uh, the best we have in in the country, even when it's not adequate, but it's the best that we have and it is publicly funded and it has given us to some extent a model of public funding and covering everyone. But the privatization is happening with both parties seemingly 
in agreement that that's the direction we want to go. So it's, um, it's refreshing to hear that there are some grassroots somewhere in other uh, levels in our country that have some vision to take us in another direction. Yes, and that one of the names of that program that you're talking about, the, the Direct Contracting Entities or DCEs, uh, is was also under the purview or under discussion in, in our Wisconsin Revolutions Healthcare Committee just a few months ago. And the same people, uh, same uh, group of citizens in Dunn County, among other people across the state, uh, put together a Zoom call with uh, Senator Baldwin. And we had speakers speak to her for a few minutes with their stories of the Medicare privatization. And um, she listened and we were really well organized. I think there were 60 people on that call with her. And she had heard of the program, but didn't really make a public comment about it. And because of that meeting, she wrote a letter to Senator Wyden, who is the Oregon Senator, who is the head of the Finance Committee in the Senate, uh, calling for a hearing on, on the privatization of Medicare. And we still haven't heard back from Wyden about uh, Baldwin's letter. But again, like they, it's an interesting political topic, privatizing one of the most popular programs, but nobody wants to touch it and they won't until we make them. We have to make them because it's a, you know, this is a program where seniors can get put into plans where uh, they have, without their consent, and those plans have for-profit middlemen in the middle, private equity, venture capital, et cetera, making a ton of money and even with the ability to make even more. So that's important. It's, uh, it's difficult to simplify. Maybe Dunn County can help us <laughs> to put, <laughs> put the, uh, the language of how we uh, fight against the privatization of Medicare and against direct contracting entities into language that we can reach the, the hearts and the humanity and the compassion of the people within our country. So I'm inspired by the work that you are doing <laughs> and so grateful that this has started uh, in uh, Dunn County and that we have such uh, beautiful uh, spokespeople to carry it forward and people who have faith that the people at the grassroots of our nation are people with conscience and compassion and the ability to respond in a humane way to uh, solve the problems that all of us face. So I think that the, the way we will break through on uh, the things that we are stuck on in the nation is that healthcare may be the first place we do that because it's so close to people and all of us have, have bodies and have people who we love and care about whose lives are at stake uh, in this situation. Uh, anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? We have a few more minutes to get the case in. Uh, if you want to give contact information, I invite you to do so. You don't have to, but uh, you may if you like. And to tell us anything else you'd like to tell us about this story. 
Well, I just wanted to say that for me, something that felt so special um, the night that we passed it, uh, unanimously passed the referendum. Um, there were a couple of conservative members of the board who came up to me after the, after the meeting um, to thank me for my comments um, and to say that they agreed. Um, and I was just flabbergasted, you know, and they shared their own stories um, about like uh, being small business owners, for instance, and having to worry about insurance for themselves and their family and, you know, there not being any good solution here. Um, and so, yeah, it just really impressed me that this is this has become truly a, a bipartisan issue. Um, it's you know, you talked about all the different stories and it's sad that it's gotten to the point where everybody has these stories, you know? Um, and so I really hope that people keep keep those stories in mind, you know, because I think that there, you know, probably will be a campaign against this, you know, funded with um, a lot of money. And I think that if people just under or keep in mind their reality um, and the reality of their friends and family, I hope that, hope for that, that we can be strong, right? Against that, those negative campaigns. Ultimately, people are stronger than money, right? <laughs> yep. Great. You want you want to hope so, and just talking with your neighbors will will keep you inspired. And yeah, I would share uh, the website of of this group that's helping to um, organize this. And I think it's also perfect. And the group is called Our Wisconsin Revolution. The word O O U R, and the website is ourwisconsinrev.com. Uh, but if you put our Wisconsin Rev resolution in, I'm sorry, revolution in the, the search, it'll, it'll come up and, and you can donate some money to, to help um, push this forward with, with the small staff that they have or any way that you want to help, you can see it on there. But I would say that it's perfect that while our Wisconsin revolution, this, this language of this referendum was um, was born in that in their committee. They put no money into it. They didn't have a, a really a coordinated effort from that group, um, specifically in the county. It came from the people of the county, and that's an interesting thing that we has we as an organization have to figure out how to do too. Is is you know these these counties have a lot of pride, and if we're taking it to a, a northern county or a southern county, and we have people from you know. Uh, other Wisconsinites, but maybe not local people coming in. They'll they'll raise some eyebrows and be skeptical. So it's a it's a it's a challenge and a welcome one to have to find local people for each local county uh, and appeal to them to do the same thing. And that's what uh, we're trying to do. Uh, I'm interested, Monica. You said you were a union representative at where you work. Could you tell us what union you're in? Um, sure. So we are a local of the American Federation of Teachers. We are um, local 6503. We call ourselves Stout United. You call yourselves what? Stout United. So oh, the name of the school is UW Stout. So we are Stout United. I see. Are there other unions in the county? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see here. The K through 12 teachers, they have their own union um, that I know of. Um, my mind is blanking. I know, of course, there are other ones. Yeah, just... we, uh, you know, I, we worked very hard for a very long time on getting unions, union locals to endorse HR 676, which was the national single payer 
Smithville at that time. And the wonderful teachers of Wisconsin <laughs> were so great in that. There's a retiree now named Buzz Davis, who we're still in touch with, who did a lot to move the, uh, the locals of the teachers of Wisconsin and leading the labor movement to come on board with helping out on, on this, this mm -hmm. topic. We had several members of um, the Ask Me retirees be a part of uh, uh, both our campaigns, the meeting with Senator Baldwin and this one in, in Dunn County. They've been a, a, a big help to this too. Yeah, the union folks are important. So if the union people together with the, the rural counties like yours, can get together and do something about the healthcare. We mm -hmm. may find our way to eventually get a healthcare system that works for all of us and that doesn't cost us an arm and a leg as we go along. You've been listening to uh, John Calabrese and Monica Barrier, who are members of the Board of Supervisors in Dunn County, Wisconsin. They have put on the ballot a referendum for November that will ask the people their opinion as to whether the federal government should enact legislation that would assure nonprofit health care for every single person within the country. And uh, we're delighted that you accomplished that successfully. And we appreciate that you have uh, taken the time to be on our show. Thank you so much and we wish you all of the best in your efforts to uh, talk to your neighbors and to win this referendum that comes up in November. Thank you, Kay, it was great to be here. And also thank you for helping to get the word out about what we're doing. Oh, we're trying. I did write an article about it and managed to get that published. So I think that we're, we're trying to get it around because a lot of people think that this is a fantastic idea. So thank you so much.